Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, let me ask one more time. How's everybody doing today? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So good to be with you, those of you in person and those online. Thank you again for being here uh, for our service today. If you're a guest today to Renew Church, wow, what a day to come to Renew. I mean, you, you picked like literally one of the best days to come. And I know some of you, when you get into this message, you'll be like, he's kidding. It's the worst day in the world to come. But it's not. This is the best day to come. You know why? Because we're talking about stewardship today. We're talking about, amen, there's one. We're talking about trusting God with his money. I want you to get a concept today, and and I'll talk about it over the next several weeks, but it's this concept, it is God owns, I steward. So repeat this after me, God owns, I steward. Amen. One more time. God owns, I steward. There you go. So we are in this series, it's called Return to Cinder. Why do we call it Return to Cinder? Because everything we have, everything, everything we have belongs to God. He is the sender, we are the receiver, and this series is about returning to God a portion of what he has given to us. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Have you ever considered the fact that that we are, when we return to sender, we're giving a portion of what everything that he has given to us? How God has paved the way for us, even as I think about this building that we stand in today, I think, God, this is all you. You made every way for me to be where I am today. And I truly be, believe because we, my family, but not just my, my, my immediate, immediate family, but my church family, we as a church, we have honored God with our finances and he has blessed us in ways far beyond ways we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So if you invited a guest today, if you are a guest today, I know some of you are like, oh, pastor, could you like preach last week's sermon? Can, can you pull out an old message? Can you talk about heroes or can you talk about anything else? Because my friend's not coming back. You're talking about money today and that makes people nervous when you talk about money. Well, it it is just a fact of life. This is part of it. Some people want me to only ever talk about heroes or, or loving your neighbor or forgiveness or worship or evangelism. Grace, those are all great topics, good things to talk about. But you know what? There is another topic, it's discipleship, and how are we going to help you understand what discipleship it is, being a true disciple of Jesus, if you aren't able to trust God with every part of your life, including your finances? You see, the way you handle your money says a lot about your relationship with God. Have you ever heard this before? Maybe you've heard a preacher say this before. You can look at a person's bank account, and you can see how they spend their money, and it often directly correlates with their relationship with God. Oftentimes, you, you just kind of follow the money trail. You, you, you look at where they spend their money at, and, and it kind of aligns with maybe a certain kind of sport or a hobby or a, a certain kind of clothing line or whatever that thing is. And it kind of says, okay, and then how much did you leave for, for God and for His kingdom? And, and I don't want you to think that, that I'm preaching legalism today. I don't want you to think I'm preaching law today, but I am preaching principle today. I'm preaching the principle today. I have a whole message on it that I'll preach later on in the series called the principle of the first. You see, because Jesus, he talked a lot about money. 
I mean, the number one thing he talked about was not money, but it was the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of God, and, and oftentimes he would start a parable by saying the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God belongs to these, and he would, he would, he would say it's such as this, and he would give a, a parable. But most Bible scholars would agree that the second most thing he talked about was money. So he talked about the kingdom of God first, but of everything else you could talk about, Jesus talked secondly most about money. And I'm not going to shy away from something that I believe God honors, um, which is the way that we handle money. The, I, I, the, the fact that he talks about it as much as he does makes me say, you know what, I've got to make sure that I give ample time to helping people understand what the Word of God says about it. So if you can come up with some excuses over the next few weeks to skip church, this would be now, now to think about like what, like, you know, what you got to do to your toenails or, you know, if there was that special, you know, flower arrangement that you wanted to, to design or a new hobby you wanted to get into. Now's the time to make plans for the next four weeks of this is where I'm going to be because I can't be here to receive this. I don't know that I'm ready for it. I don't want you to do that, but I'm just kind of giving you that out right now. In the series, if you're thinking already, I already got you pinned, Pastor Trevor. I already know what you're talking about, Trevor. I know where you're going with this. If you're thinking, first of all, maybe you're thinking like this, I don't have anything to give to God anyways. I'm so broke, I can't give him anything. Then you missed it. You missed it. Because everything you have is God's. Whether you have very a lot or very little, everything you have is God's. So, so if you say, I don't have anything to give to God... I, you missed it. If you say, I give a lot, pastor, I, I give a lot, then you missed it. If you look at Mark chapter 12, Jesus is watching people, uh, especially the Pharisees, they're putting large amounts of money into the temple treasury, and he doesn't matter, it doesn't matter as much about the amount, it matters about the sacrifice, because what is a lot? You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot, it, it's, it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. So maybe for you, it sounds like a lot, but is it? That's the question. Equal giving, not equal, sacri equal sacrifice, not equal giving. Uh, here's another one. If you think to yourself, the church only ever wants my money. That's, I knew it. I, I, I proved it. You're like elbowing your, your friend or your spouse and you're like, I knew it. I knew this was too good to be true. The church only ever wants my money. Well, you missed it. That's the, 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 the point that I want you to get because we don't want something from you as much as we want something for you. I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. And if you're saying this, some of you that are in person and those of you online, and you're saying to yourself, I don't, I don't trust this church with my money. You missed it. If you're thinking to yourself, I don't trust this church with my money, you missed it. First of all, it's God's. God owns, I steward. But then second of all, I want you, I want to release you and I want to bless you to go to a church where you trust them with your, God's money and give it to them so that God can bless you. Does that make sense? If you don't trust this church, then go to a church where you trust them and allow God to bless you by giving to that church what is already His. That's what I want for you. I want you to experience the blessing, the generosity, the favor of God that I've seen in my own life. And I feel like if I don't teach a series on this, that I'm holding out. I feel like that I'm robbing you of the opportunity to experience the same blessing that I have personally and my family has experienced. But if you think this series is just about money, you missed it. 
So I have an illustration here um, with me today. And uh, anybody know, anybody recognize what this is? Can you guys see this? You know what it is? Powerball, man. Come on, let's, see, let's hear it for the Powerball. The almighty Powerball. Nobody's wanting to clap. <laughs> You're like, that sounds sacrilegious to clap about Powerball, right? The $1.6 billion payout that's supposed to happen this weekend. Man, that's crazy exciting, right? That's unbelievable. $1.6 billion. So let's, let's just do a little illustration. If this is the Powerball ticket, if it's the winning ticket, and I know some of y'all are like judging me already, thinking, wow, pastor buys Powerball. <laughs> Actually, I just print Powerball. I went online, I made a print, a fake ticket, and that's what you get, all right? So calm down, everybody. All right, but here's the, here's the options, okay? Powerball ticket. You win it, you keep all of it. You get $1.6 billion, you keep it all. Like, do you feel your adrenal glands or whatever those glands are going up even as we speak? Like, you get a mansion in every state in America, a, a jet, a yacht, a fleet of sports cars. You have an, a personal assistant for your personal assistant. Like, you quit your job. In, in fact, better yet, you bought your job. You bought the company, you know. Uh, vacations anywhere, everywhere, anytime, all the time. $1.6 billion. It's a lot, right? You with me on this? Everybody understanding? So, so this is option A. You get it. You win it. You keep it all. Option B, $1.6 billion. You, you get it. You win it. But you give $1,599,000,000 away. Oof. Feel the room? The energy in the room just like completely cleared out. It, it went to the church down the street. Like, you guys are like, what are you talking about? No, you want it, but you give it all away to all kinds of things. You give, you give to Renew Church so the pastor gets a raise and the part-timers go full-time. You give to cancer research and wells in Africa and church planting. And, and did I mention to Renew Church? I mean, you, you, you give to Renew Church, just in case. Just saying. And you only keep $1 million to spend on yourself. How do you feel all of a sudden? It's like, oh, that's really, really bad. That's really, really, like, that, that, that's not a great deal for me. That doesn't feel that good. Here's the one. This is, I, got, I got both of them. This is actually the winning ticket, you know, in my analogy, in my, in my illustration. This is the winning ticket. One, $1, 600000 but you're giving away $1,599,000. This is the one that you've negotiated with God, even as you sit in the room and you're like, this is the one I want. The mansions, everything, I got it, I own it all. But you lose. Hey, it fell straight to you again. You lose. You, but you lose. It's, 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 not, it's nothing. Like, what is my point? My point is, is I see us doing this not with lotto, Although I see it in the little store when I'm trying to buy just what I need, like my, my you know, just a, a, a carton of milk and, and the vejitos right there, like taking up all kinds of time. And I'm like, sir, please help me out for a minute. I just need to buy this milk so I can get on with my day. I, I see this happening all the time. People negotiating with God. People making a deal with God and saying, God, if you'll give me this, I'll give you this. If you give me this, I'll give you this. Man, 
And then what do they get? They don't get anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying, and I wouldn't ever, I'm not a, I don't condone playing the lottery because I see so many poor people. Even the people that have won, and they tell me all they've won, then you talk for an extra three minutes, and they've also told me how much they lost. And usually, even, even when they had a $50,000 jackpot, they've spent more than 50. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even a win. Like, you lose. You lose in it. I'm not, I'm not talking about lottery today. But um, I see people doing this with everything else in life, though. I see people doing this with, with the blessings and the providence of God. God has blessed them. God has given them brand new blessings. And yet they're, they're going back to and resorting to the same old giving. God has given them brand new providence. And yet they're resorting to same old yesteryear faithfulness. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has done so much for us. And yet, somehow, we don't give him in that same proportion. Like, you've had three promotions, and yet you're still giving like you're working the job you had in college. You've had pay increases and, and opportunities only God could provide, and yet we, we say, well, you know, this is what I've always given, this is what I've always done. I, I say all this to say, man, you're disconnecting, you're disconnecting your finances from your faith, and you can't. You can't disconnect your finances from your faith. And I know you hate to hear this, and I know you hate when a preacher talks about your finances, but I'm just telling you, your finances and your faith, they go together. Amen. It's not, this is a compartment of my life, and this is a compartment of my life. They go together. And I don't want you to miss it. I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. And this is that, this message, it's called heart condition. And the reason it's called heart condition is because the feeling that you're feeling right now, whether it's good or bad, whether you're excited about it or you're not, it's, it's a heart check. It's a, it's a time for you to say, man, how do I feel about what this guy is talking about? How, do, how does this make me think, feel? How do I, how do I like, literally emotionally respond to this? Um, I was a youth pastor for six years. Started about 2006 and uh, when, when I came on staff at a, a church, and I loved it. I loved being a youth pastor. It was not a stepping stone ministry. It wasn't anything that I was like, one day I'm going to be a senior pastor. No, no, no. I loved youth ministry. I actually was fairly good at it. We did some pretty cool things in the community down in the Homestead area. But in 2013, after about six or seven years, when the pastor of the church that I was the youth pastor at left, this little church, about 150 people asked me to be their pastor. So I, I said, man, what an honor, and, and I prayed about it, and God led me to take that next step. And I, I became their pastor, I got ordained, I earned my master's degree in pastoral leadership, I, I continued to lead there for another five years, until God called me to plant a church in the West Kendall area. And so that meant leaving a church with an annual budget, with an annual budget, and a salary for a pastor, to go to work for a church that had no budget. They only had a vision. They, 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 it wasn't even a real church. It was, it was called Renew Church, but it was just a vision. It was just a dream, and it was nothing more. It didn't even have, you know, a budget. When I left my former church and began the process of building a launch team for Renew Church, I took a 40% pay cut to launch this church. Some of you are asking, well, how did you, I didn't think you even had a, had a budget. How did I do that? Well, we had owned a former house for 15 years, literally just finished a, a dream renovation of the master bedroom. It was like possibly going to be a forever home for us, and we had just made this the way we wanted it. And as soon as we closed the permits, 
we put a for sale sign in the yard to sell the house. Isn't that just the way it is sometimes? Like you get it exactly the way you want and then you need to sell or move or something. God just did that in, in our lives. And the money we got from the sale of that house allowed us to pay down some debt, save for a down payment on the house we live in today, and give $30,000 to Renew Church to start Renew Church. So why do I tell you this? Because four years later, that's 2018, four years later, between both campuses and in both locations, our church has as many as 250 people per weekend. And we're preparing to start a Spanish service as well as considering where our third church location might be. Over the last three years, our church has seen 300 plus people make a decision for Christ. And just this year, 39 have been baptized. Isn't that amazing? Praise God, right? Just this year. That's, that's I believe, I, I don't have the statistics on that, but I think that's nearly as many as the five years of the former church that I was a part of combined. We have a Hope Center located on seven acres, transforming lives of men that have left a life of alcohol and drugs and completely trusted in God. In fact, our first graduation is next Saturday at 4.30. I'd love for you to come and see that, celebrate that. Amen. And on top of all of that, four years later, my income is 6% higher than what I earned at my former church. 6% higher. So, so it's, it's moving in the right direction, amen? What's the point? God has done immeasurably more than all I could ask, think, or imagine. God has done so much more than anything I could ever imagine when I trusted Him and completely invested into his plan, his purpose, his kingdom. Here's what Matthew 6, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Leave that up for just a minute. Put that back up. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know that's a familiar verse to many in the room. Many of you have heard this, but Jesus is saying this. He's saying wherever your treasure is, look at your bank account, look at your check register, or look at your online statement and say, man, where is it that all of my money is? Where is it that I'm spending my money? Where your treasure is, Jesus says that's where your heart will be also. This is what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, his protege in 1 Timothy 6. He starts this by, by saying uh, about these teachings, he says, these are the teachings you are to teach and insist on. And if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and a godly teaching, they are conceited and they understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and think that godliness is a means to financial gain. He's talking about these group of people, these Ephesians, that, that are, are, are people that are looking for a way to make money, profit off of, of, of religion. And he says they've been robbed of the truth and they think that godliness is a way to, a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Another translation says, but godliness with uh, is with contentment is great wealth. It's, it's 
Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Have you guys seen that? You, when I say that, when I describe that, does that immediately put a picture in your head of a person? Whether it's a person on television or a person in real life that maybe you live next to or with or next door to or whatever. It's a reality, right? It plunges them into ruin and destruction. Why? Because verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Let me read that again. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I mean, that, that to me is, is reading as I read that. They've wandered from the faith. That, that means that they're, they're walking away from their relationship with God. They're turning their back on Jesus. They're turning their back on their faith. And why? Over monetary possessions, over personal wealth, over things that do not add up to anything else. They don't count for anything. And in fact, once, once it's you know, a couple of years old, you're tired of it and you, you're willing to give it away. But when it's brand new, you, you'll do anything to have it, right? That's what happens. People plunge themselves into this kind of life and lifestyle. I need you to hear what Paul says to Timothy, his protege. He says, he doesn't say money is the root of all evil. He says, the love of, that preposition that goes before it, it has to say the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And people craving money have wandered from the truth and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I want you guys to figure out how. I want to, I want to help you even in this series over the next three weeks, three more weeks. I want you to consider how you can fall out of love with money. In this series, I want you to consider what are the things that you can do to, to no longer just be like allowing money to guide and direct every step in your life and, and be able to like literally fall out of love with money. How can you keep away from the love of money? Here's, here's number one. Be content. Be content with what you have. That's the first thing that I want you to get. Learn how to be content with the things that you have. Whether it's a lot or a little, figure out what that takes to be content with what you have. Second of all, have an open hand. Have an open hand. Keep, keep your, 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 your uh, hand open for whatever it is that God has put in your hand so that if he wants to take it, he can take it and he can use it elsewhere for something else. But you know why else you have to have an open hand? Because if you close your fist, if you close your hand because you're trying to hold on to that thing, that thing, right? You're holding on to it and as you hold on to it, guess what? There's no other blessing. There's nothing else that God can give to you. Because why? Because you have a clenched fist. So have an open hand. Be content with what you have, number one. Number two, be, uh, have an open hand. Number two, number three, people over possessions. People greater than possessions. People greater than, uh, relationships greater than possessions. That, that's got to be a, a priority in your life. People, they matter. This stuff, it comes and it goes. Man, one day you have, you know, $1,000. The next day you owe $1,000. It comes and it goes. But the relationships you have with those people that you love, man, 
You can't put a price tag on it. Put the relationships over the money, the wealth, the, the possessions. And I know some of you are even thinking about somebody in your, your life that you haven't spoken to, or maybe they haven't spoken to you over something as simple as a business deal or some finances. And it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's heavy on you. From this day forward, let's start putting relationships over our possessions and then finally put God first. Put God first. I know you hear it all the time, but it's because it's a key. It's a key to life. The key to life is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you as well. Seek God first. If you start to do that, if you learn to do that, man, that's, that's going to change everything else about the rest of your life. This series doesn't say money is bad because it's not. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Having money is not bad. It's when money has you. That's when it becomes a problem. Having money, it's not bad, but it's when money has you. And, and, and you, you know people like that. It's like, wow, they're literally, it, they're being led by their money. Then there are, there are people in the room even or, or online that money and making it is a natural gift. And they use that. Like I said, it's a gift. They, they make it, but they use it to bless others. You know, in the same way that we have a worship team, a deep worship team, like so many worship leaders that you see different ones almost every week. And uh, we have this super gifted worship team, but I'm not one of the people on that team. Why? Because I don't have the gift of singing on a stage. But guess what? That doesn't keep me from worshiping, does it? That doesn't keep me from making a joyful noise, does it? I'm going to keep singing even when it hurts other people's ears, right? <laughs> there are people in the room that have the gift of, of, of finances and they know how to make money. They just have that like that Midas touch. Everything they deal with, every business they do, they just, it's like, wow, they know how to turn it into money. And then other people, like they touch it and it like falls apart in front of them, right? Those people, they use that gift. They use that gift to bless others. But I don't care if it's your gift or not. You have to learn to take whatever it is that God has entrusted to you and give it to Him. You have to learn to be a steward of the things that God has entrusted to you. We've all been able to do all that we've done. We've been able to do all that we've done because of the money that has been given to us. Because of the financial support of those that give faithfully to Renew Church, we've been able to live out the core value that, that is we give irrationally. That's one of our nine core values. We give irrationally. So that we could do things as, as simple as a trunk or treat at not just one but two locations to give away tons of candy and connect with hundreds of families in our community. Um, because of the faithfulness of, of the generosity of people in this church, we've been able to support church planting and a second campus is probably concluding or is just concluded uh, down in Homestead right now. People are hearing the gospel because of the generosity of people here in Miami. Uh, we give to missions around the world. Five and a half cents of every dollar that comes in. Every time you give a dollar, 5.5 cents goes to evangelism, global evangelism. And it's because you give that we're able to give that and pass that on to others around the world. Because of the generosity of people at this church, we renovated a building and our CFO just told me this week our, our receipts totaled 
$194,000 to date. $194,000 to get the building where it is today because it needed a lot. When we first moved in in 2020, there was all kinds of problems in this building. But because of the generosity and the hard work of many people in this church, we've been able to do that. I, I said receipts, not debt. No debt. Just, just receipts. Amen? Praise God. Amen. We've helped families, financial needs, as, as little as a family with funeral expenses last month, to, to backpacks for back to school, to, to turkeys this month for Thanksgiving. And we'll continue to show generosity in tangible ways. Hurricane relief or whatever it is, different ways that we can make a difference in our community. How does that happen? It happens because the heart of generosity of its financial supporters. It's because of the people that say, you know what? I'm going to trust God with his money. And here's what some of you think. I've told you many of the things that you think, and I'm telling you, you miss it when you think like this. Here's what somebody else is thinking in the room. He's saying this because he wants to get more money. He, he as the pastor, wants to make more money. My salary, I've said this before, but I'll say it again for those of you that are new to Renew. My salary has been sent from someone that has only been on this campus to this church to renew church twice in three and a half years in our existence. But he gives to support my salary. Since 2018, literally, my, 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 my family's finances have not been met because of local giving. It's because somebody else said, you know what, I believe in this ministry. I believe in what God's doing in Miami. Doesn't even live in Miami, but I believe in what God's doing. And that's one of his spiritual gifts. And he gives to it so that I can pastor this church and lead my family. Isn't that amazing? So I don't do it. Amen. I don't do it so that I can get more money because it's not about my salary. In fact, as I said before, and I want you to hear this, so I say it a few times, I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. It's my prayer that you'll experience this like change in your heart because that's that's where it starts it's foundational nobody nobody starts working from the outside in nobody nobody that's ever renovated a house starts from you know you know buying the, the air fresheners and the 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 paint and and the, the the decorations first on a house that needs to be completely gutted no they take it down to the studs if it's bad enough, they literally knock it down. They do the extreme makeover and they, they get to the foundation. Somebody in the room might need an extreme makeover. Somebody needs to get down to the very root of the problem. Finding out why is it that you're in love with these possessions? Why is it that you're in love with these things more than you are even in your relationship with God? The goal of the series is to help you trust God with his money. I want you to begin praying about this. I want you to begin thinking about this. And I want you to be, begin asking God, what is it that I'm doing and what is it that I should do? And I'm not saying to the person in the room, are you saying, Pastor, if you don't have enough to buy groceries that, that I, I should, you know, not buy groceries to feed my family? No, not at all. And in fact, if you don't have enough to buy groceries, I want you to come see me today. And let me help you. Let us help you. Let your church help you. Does that make sense? But if God is speaking to you because you look at your register and there's a lot of these Starbucks charges 
or there's a, you know a, a shoe line that you just absolutely love don't get me wrong I like shoes if, if there's a, a sport that you like to watch or a, a, a game you like to go to or whatever that thing is I'm saying it's a matter of your heart and let's look at it this month and let's say God what is it that I'm doing and what can I do different that would honor you so that I can experience the blessing of God the favor of God we talk about it, and I'll talk about it. I'm not gonna to get too deep into it but we talk about the grace of God all the time we talk about the grace of God but in a couple of weeks I'm gonna talk about the favor of God those are two different things the grace of God is unmerited you know what, what Jesus did we didn't deserve it the favor of God the blessing of God comes because we're inside this boundary we're inside this experiencing everything that God has called us to it's it's a principle and we're gonna get into it I hope that you will be ready for it would you stand with me this morning first things first it's the first Sunday of the month right and on the first Sunday of the month we honor God and, and we remember Jesus sacrifice his death on the cross for us so we receive communion together as a body it was awesome to watch our uh, our tech and worship teams receive it in between the services because they need to receive as well but here and now this is your opportunity this is your opportunity to check your heart and say okay God here I am here's my life I'm bringing me to you you know what the sacrifice is in the Old Testament it was the goats and it was the first the spotless lamb or it was the the redemption sacrifice and we'll talk about that in the days ahead but you know what it is now it's you it's me bringing me before the throne of grace and saying God I just give you me I give you all of me just as I am take me today first Sunday of the month even as you think about your finances say God I'm gonna give you this I don't I don't even know what that looks like I don't know how we're gonna do it but I just I'm just gonna give you my life I'm gonna start to trust you with everything that I have including my finances would you bow your heads as I, I uh, open this in prayer and just pray that God will prepare your hearts? Heavenly Father, I, I ask right now that you would just begin to work in these people, even those that are online. God, I just pray that you would just um, minister to each and every person within the sound of my voice, God, that you would begin to call them and check their heart. In the same way that sometimes you have to do a physical checkup, we have to do a physical checkup. God, I pray that there would be a, a spiritual checkup on on where we are as it relates to the things that you've entrusted to us God you own it all we're stewards of what you give us God our lives are yours we surrender it to you again here and now we give it to you if you don't know Jesus with your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today can be the day of salvation today can be the day that you surrender everything to him and you ask him to come in and forgive you you ask him to come in and be the Lord of your life, to take over. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are. There's nothing that you've done that can take you away from what God wants to do in your life, that, 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 that would cause you to be too far away from God, that God would not accept you back into his kingdom. If today is a day that you're saying, man, I want Jesus 
to be the Lord of my life, to, to come in and to, to change me and to save me, then I'm going to pray this prayer and I'm going to invite the congregation, even our believers, those that are followers of Jesus, to pray this prayer out loud with me. But if you're praying this prayer, whether it's the first time or it's a recommitment, just make this declaration with your mouth but also in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned. I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Today, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we invite you to receive communion with us today. And this is, this is the, uh, the, the scripture where we base our communion off of and why for thousands of years since, since uh, Jesus' crucifixion, this is why we, we celebrate communion together. Christians, churches all over the world do this as a regular remembrance of what Jesus did. In Luke chapter 22, it says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them, and he said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat of the bread together in remembrance of him. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's do this in remembrance of him. And be thankful. God, we thank you for your body broken and your blood shed to preserve us blameless and everlasting life. God, I pray for each and every person in the room, those that are struggling with this message, this topic. God, those that are, that are hearing it and, and questioning uh, maybe me or this church or whatever it is. God, I just pray that you would just draw them close to you. I pray that you would wrap them in your love. I pray that you'd help them to know how much we love them. We, what we want for them, God, is not from them. God, minister to hearts and lives in this day and in this series and all that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing this closing song together.
morning and welcome once again to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for, for leaning in and staying in for this first uh, message in this brand new series about finances. Last year we had a guy throw coffee at Pastor Trevor and walk out. As a matter of fact, I think the guy's, no, I'm just kidding. But um, man, it could be a touchy thing for sure. And thank you guys for, for just leaning in and saying, okay, God, what do you have? What does your word say? How, how can this relate to me? Where do I, where do I got to be? How do I have to think about this? So this is going to be an amazing series, man. I'm excited for the rest of the weeks and just seeing kind of where this thing goes and seeing what even happens in your lives. Seriously, as, as you lean in and, and, and just, man, test God and see what God is doing and, and, under, and understand what God is doing in our lives. So thank you guys again. Invite your friends. It's going to be good. I just want to share a few things, some things that are going on here at Renew Church, uh, some exciting things. And first off, I want to mention, uh, Pastor Trevor mentioned it earlier, but I'll say it again, the Hope Center graduation. That, yeah, for sure. That is such a big deal, man. It's going to be uh, next Saturday here. It'll be at 430 p.m. We just want to celebrate and, and kind of set the tone for this, this, this uh, you know, South Florida Hope Center and, and, and God willing, believing that we're going to see a lot more of these graduations. So come celebrate. Come see what God is doing. Uh, a meal will be provided. It's going to be such a good time. So come and celebrate, oh, man, what our brothers have accomplished in, uh, in this ministry. And again, all of this is possible because of the giving of people at Renew Church. Um, another thing I want to mention, November the 16th at 7 p.m., we're going to be meeting here to start planning for our Christmas program. Yeah, it's going to be a super exciting thing. It's going to be big this year. We want a ton of people involved. And the thing is, is we actually kind of need your help. We need a Mary. We need a Joseph. We need a baby Jesus. They said I can't play baby Jesus. Um, I'm short. I mean, I can shave my face. I don't understand what else I need, but I mean, whatever, I can't be baby Jesus. So we need a baby Jesus. We need some shepherds. We need some some innkeepers, uh, creative people, some stagehands, maybe set designs or just helping out. We need some help to make our Christmas program a reality. And I'm pretty sure that there's a place for you to get involved, to use your skills and just help us and, and, and do, a, do an awesome thing for our community, our friends and family. So if you want to get involved in any kind of way, November the 16th here, 7 p.m., all the information about that is going gonna, is gonna to be there, and, and it'll be worth your time, I promise. Lastly, before I get into offerings and tithings, I just want to let you guys know that uh, we're planning on doing a, a turkey giveaway this year to, to families in need. And if you want to give, if you want to be a part of that, if you want to help bless some families, what we're asking from you guys is to donate $20 gift cards to a supermarket, and we're going to be pairing those up with the turkeys. So just drop them in uh, this month. When you come in on Sunday, just leave it at the welcome table with one of the volunteers there, and they'll take it, they'll receive it. And man, we, we would appreciate that so much. And what a way for you guys to get involved and help make a difference in the lives of the people in our community. Um, so lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, God. We thank you for the, 
the chance to worship you, God, and come to church and see our brothers and sisters and, and just be encouraged by a message and challenged and, and, and get to experience who you are, Father. What a blessing that is, God. And we thank you. We don't want to take it for granted. Um, God, we just pray for the offering this morning. God, pray that you would continue to use it, continue to just spread the gospel, continue to, to use Renewed Church to reach people, God, and lead people to a renewed life in Christ. God, that's the mission. That's what we're here for, God. And we just pray, God, that you would continue and bless these people, Lord, as they, as they trust you, as they give to you, Father, as they say, Lord, have what is yours already, God. Do what you do. We love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. See you next Sunday.